What is up, folks? It's the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Tude. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we are finally covering that sweet, sweet first Ninja Turtle movie, TM- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990. Hell yes. So good. Oh, man. Oh. These guys have been very excited for it. Oh, it's, that's, put, that's putting it mildly, I oh, think. Yeah. I am always down to talk about this movie for several hours in a row. No matter where I'm at in life, who I'm with, you're going to hear about it. Good thing we got a dedicated hour-long power podcast to talk about right. this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes, which is... I got two of my favorite Ninja Turtles 1990 figures here with me to guide us through. So I'm ready. All which right. two? Uh, so that is the NECA shredder who's not really coming up oh the yeah camera here there is with this fancy trash bag cape yes and uh this uh random new yorker that i have oh yeah here. can't really totally. tell is that a is that burn the television producer uh yeah, maybe <laughs> is he a punker yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, i hate punkers yeah especially ones in green makeup <laughs> wear massive ugly faces uh God, this movie is so quotable. I love it so much. It's it is, like the most quotable movie, I swear. It, it is definitely quotable. I will. I will I will agree with that. If you couldn't tell, I I mean I'm I'm a younger whippersnapper. And so I don't I don't necessarily have all of the love these guys do, but there's a <laughs> lot I appreciate about it. Yeah, you don't have the like the youth spent like begging your parents to use the VCR to watch this movie, hoping that the tape doesn't jam. Uh, having this yeah. be like one of your first cinematic experiences going to the movies yeah, yeah. oh yeah like There's right in the rose colored glasses this movie hits it's you know running out of the movie theater screaming god i love being a turtle <laughs> like yeah. i'll admit it i did it wow. you don't have the like getting to college and convincing your roommates and your friends like this is a good movie we should have a movie night watch this oh. movie they're all disappointed in it, but you're like real gung ho about it. Bugging my wife to be like, "Can I watch this again, please?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just need, I just need it. All right. Well, we're gonna try and keep the summary a little bit on the shorter side. We've decided that most people who are in Turtles fans have probably seen this movie. We probably don't need to summarize it, but we will anyway. But I'm gonna try and make it as quick and speedy as possible because I have a feeling that the conversation is gonna go on for a long time. This might be a double Ninja Turtle power hour. We'll have to see. We'll try and keep it an hour, but <laughs> it might be a power hour and a halfer. Right. So let's get into our first segment. Yeah, tell us a story, Spencer. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. So this movie was released on March 30th of 1990 in theaters. Directed by Steve Barron. Story written by Bobby Herbeck and the screenplay by Todd W. Langan. I think that's how you say his name. Raphael was voiced and played by Josh Pice. Leonardo, voiced by Brian Tachi, played by David Foreman. Donatello, voiced by Corey Feldman and played by Leif Tilden. Michelangelo is voiced by Robbie Rist and played by Michael um, Michelin Sisti. Splinter was voiced by Kevin Clash. April was played by Judith Hogue. Casey by Elias Cotez. Cotez. I think that's how you say that. And Shredder Codius. was voiced. Codius. All right. And Shredder is voiced by David McCharen. 
and played by James Saito. So our story is about a New York that is plagued by a crime wave. A bunch of stuff is disappearing. Our reporter friend April is on the case. Uh, she's been you know, reporting about this story and on her way home, on her way back to her car, she gets ambushed by a bunch of thugs. The turtles come in and save her, but unbeknownst to her of their existence, she just knows she was saved because they did it in the dark. They uh, go back to the lair. And meanwhile, April is cracking down on the police about all this stuff and ends up asking him about a Foot Clan. This puts her on the Shredder's radar. Shredder sends ninjas after her. Raph had lost his side to April, uh, saving her. And so he's following her around the city, I guess, uh, trying to get it back. And so when the ninjas jump her, he's able to get his side back and save her. They've saved her. They bring her back to the lair. Uh, then Splinter fills her in on their origin story, which is the same as the comic books. Um, so then we end up seeing that the Foot Clan has pretty much Pleasure Island from Pinocchio, but incredibly 90s. And instead of turning boys into donkeys, it turns them into ninjas, more or less. So Shredder looks really, really scary in monologues. Uh, and he has captured Splinter and you get to see Splinter. Uh, and the turtles have turned to their lair and Splinter is gone. And so they're worried about him and they go back to April's. And while they're there at April's, they get in a fight. Raph ends up going to the rooftop. Ninjas ambush him. Casey spots him. The whole big giant fight breaks out in April's apartment where the turtles end up losing and they flee and they go all the way to the Northampton house. Meanwhile, this wayward teen that we were introduced way earlier on to in the story that I have not mentioned once, Danny, who's a part of the Foot Clan, he was the one that told the Foot Clan where the turtles were. He is very conflicted now. And he goes and ends up checking in on Splinter, who ends up giving him some word of words of wisdom and helps, you know, tries to help him sort things out a little bit, I guess, in his life. The turtles recover after their terrible loss, and they eventually come back to the city. They stay the night in uh, in the sewers, in their lair, and Danny is hiding out there because he's hiding from both his family and the Foot Clan. I guess he just doesn't know what to do with his life. And he also needs to serve as a way to move the plot. And so he ends up going back to Pleasure Island. Casey follows him. He tries to help Splinter. Well, he, does, he goes to talk to Splinter and Shredder walks in on him. And he, you know, Shredder decides it's time to, that the turtles are back because he learns from Danny that they're back. He sends his foot ninjas out to go attack them. And then Casey helps Danny free Splinter after that. And they end up giving a monologue and helping all the wayward teens decide like, hey, maybe I don't want this gang life. Meanwhile, the turtles are fighting all these ninjas and eventually their fight moves up to a rooftop from the sewers to a rooftop where they end up fighting the shredder. And then Splinter shows up after he's nearly beaten them. And Splinter finally reveals that, oh, I know you're the guy that killed my master. 
and I also scratched your face. And so then Shredder's like, oh, I hate your guts. I'm going to kill you. In a fit of rage, he comes after him with a spear. Splinter pulls off an amazing maneuver and makes him, you know, be, hang off the building. And Shredder, in his prideful rage, tries to strike at Splinter, despite the fact that he's at a major disadvantage. He falls into a dump truck. Casey activates it, kills him. The cops show up, or so we think. The cops show up. Uh, Danny reconciles with his father. All the kids, you know, decide that the gang life is not for them. The, the ninja gang life isn't for them. April gets her job offered back to her that she lost. Casey kisses April. Everyone celebrates the end. It's kind of a messy summary. I, I you know, shortened some things, but there it is, nonetheless. That was, I mean, that was good. You, you summarized an hour and a half movie in under five minutes. It's not easy to do. It's not easy. To like do. I was watching yeah. it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> super realistic. So we should probably, you know, go back over this and just actually have a discussion about it the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. My biggest discussion thing that I do want to bring up is practical effects versus CGI. What are your guys' thoughts on practical effects? How much do you love them? It depends. Yeah. It, it really depends. Um, for this movie specifically mm -hmm. i think it works um everything about the turtles is super believable um like yeah the mouths you know aren't as articulate as we would expect them to be like in a modern sense but mm -hmm. it, it's just a it's so neat watching these like watching them in real life, like watching them interact with the environment in a real way. Um, you know, like April can put her hand on the turtle, you know, like you just, you can't get that with CG. Um, but on the flip side, that does limit what these guys can do. Um, you know, four-year-old Mike didn't know the difference between the hero suit and the action suit now i can see the difference between you know anytime there's an action scene it's a way different head mm -hmm. that's on that's on the the body you know yeah. uh, stuff like that you don't have to do with cg mm -hmm. so i think i think there's a, there's a great balance to be found somewhere um you know a lot of a lot of people use the example of that movie um where the wild things are from a couple of years ago you know, where it was a practical body, but a CG a face. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, that movie is almost 10 years old at this point. You know, now we've got that technology. Like people can do it on their phones, you know? I, th yeah. I, think, I think a hybrid like that is perfect. Yeah, I, I think I've generally found that practical effects hold up a little bit better than CGI. Yeah. Like this is like right before CGI got big in movies. And if you look at movies from that time, like the, the mid to late 90s, like the CGI does not hold up whatsoever. It ages super quickly. Well, actually, okay. So I got, I got a question. Do you consider this an 80s movie or a 90s movie? This movie uh, came out in 1990, but it's a very 80s. Yeah, it's like, very 80s. I, mm -hmm. I, I think of it in the 80s. Like I think of it at the same time as like the cartoon coming out. like 80s. Right. But as far as like what I mean, like you know th those '80s trauma type movies, mm -hmm. um, like do you rank this along the, with those, like Flight of the Navigator, even or you know Labyrinth, those kind of like fantastical '80s movies? 
yeah yeah i think it fits more with that than like the matrix or blade or you know any of the well i mean like early 90s like three ninjas or something like three ninjas is obviously derivative of this but true yeah um but that's strictly a 90s movie whereas like this feels like an 80s movie oh yeah yeah no it's totally an 80s movie yeah um do you consider it a superhero movie see so i don't consider the ninja turtles superheroes okay no it's oh i consider them superheroes to an extent but the movie itself is very much a it's a it's a comedy kung fu movie it's it's a kung fu movie okay. but it's a, it's a comedy one like uh it's a realization I came to because first off, I struggle with it. I, I don't feel like it has aged well for me. I didn't see it until okay. I was 20. That's the first time I saw it was when I was 20 years Granted. old. Okay, okay. That was like last year, right? Uh, it, it was three <laughs> years ago. It was oh, three God. years ago. Oh, so man. Old. I'm so impossibly old. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm getting there with you. I'm up, yeah. almost. I got six gray hairs in here. Oh, man. I found a gray hair on my chest the other day. <laughs> Jesus. At least you got a full head of hair. I can, I can, only, <laughs> I can only grow gray hairs on my chin. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, and so like I've been trying to find ways to put into words like the things that bother me because like I don't want to just be like it's a terrible old movie, mm-hmm. old man. Like your movie sucks. You know, like that. That's definitely not what I want to say because also the movie doesn't suck. Like it, it has a lot of good qualities and and good things about it that that really worked and are really impressive, especially for what they had at the time mm. uh, for what they did with this movie. And so like, I'm, tr- you know, I always try and find like words to kind of voice where some of my issues come in from. And I think some of it is the fact that I am actually not used to practical effects mm-hmm. from my childhood. Okay. Like when I grew up, my star Wars movies were the prequels. Like I, my very, like all I had was like the Phantom Menace and attack of the clones for like, a huge portion of my childhood. I didn't see a new hope until way down the line until I was, you know, almost a teenager, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and so like, I'm, I, I grew up with that kind of CGI and like, I can accept it and I'm okay with it. Uh, okay. And so like, granted, I'm not going to say that like the suits don't look good or that they look bad, but I realized talking to someone at work about star Wars, uh, cause he's, you know, part of your guys's generation that uh, he just says that the prequels are, it's like watching a cartoon because of all the CGI. And that's kind of when it clicked in my head that like, when I see practical effects, my brain goes Muppets, Sesame Street. Yeah, Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah. like, like that, 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 that was the only like puppets that I really saw a whole lot of. And so like when I see the turtles, especially since they're also made by Jim Henson and so they still kind of have that style to it, my brain goes Muppets. And I have a hard time being able to connect with a Muppet, <laughs> you know, to, to say that's a least. great point. That, mm-hmm. That's a great point. And that, that leads me back to what I'm saying where, where a hybrid, I think would be the perfect kind of combination because yeah, with, with CG, especially like with the prequels, um, mm-hmm. there's an issue of weight. Yeah. Like either dramatic weight, physical weight, like they don't have physical weight. Yeah. Um, so it really feels like a cartoon because they're essentially floating. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you get that now with a lot of, with a lot of motion capture, um, which has kind of been a huge help with, uh, these kind of effects. Um, 
but it's only really been recently where CGI has evolved to the point where it can be uh, weight can be given to uh, these types of fake objects. Um, but yeah, like it, I, I get what you mean about the Muppets too, because bad puppetry can really, mm-hmm. really like make it obvious that like eh, like I'm watching a fake thing, like I don't really care about yeah these these fake things. I mean, like a lot of people will cite Next Mutation as mm-hmm. bad puppetry yes because those suits are terrible um i even like the the turtles three ones like they're not they're not these ones mm-hmm. but also like they're still technically impressive yes and and like that's the biggest thing i want to say is like these suits are well done and mm-hmm. they they do do a lot of like incredible things with them but there's certain things that comes through when there's cgi suits and puppets that tells me like this isn't real even even if it's really well done and some of it is a bit of like the, they slightly over-exaggerate body movements, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of like yeah. the Power Rangers, except for less so. It's yep. not as distracting as that, but it's still there. And so you, my brain still goes Muppets, you know, or just like puppets, you know, and yeah. it tells me that because I didn't, I didn't grow up with my childhood imagination accepting that. Mm. And I think that really does have a lot to play is like what your childhood imagination accepted and you were a kid is kind of what you accept a lot easier as an adult. That's interesting. Like, just if you look at Star Wars, like Mike and I grew up with a puppet Yoda, and you mm-hmm. grew up with a CGI Yoda. So yeah. that that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I mean, granted, the Phantom Menace, I had the VHS, so it was puppet Yoda in that one. But <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, he was puppet Yoda in Phantom Menace. They they fixed that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I no, that's a, that's a good discussion. Um, I feel I feel like the turtles though, like. I think with what with what older fans want to see with turtles like i get that we want to see live action but there's no way we can get what what i think these older fans want to see without cg yeah i think that just that just has to and no one's gonna put on this like 102 pound turtle suit to do karate anymore like yeah right like they they barely did it in the last two movies yeah you know and when you look at those when you look at the the mocap suits that they were wearing um they had like giant inflatable turtle shells on them yeah um and i i don't know how much of the actual martial arts was done in that but if you notice like a lot of the time like the turtles they don't fight a whole lot against the foot soldiers Mm -hmm. like one-on-one they don't really do it um it's mostly like you know the car chase or they fight against like krang or the cgi shredder yeah um so i think there's or bebop and rock city who are also cg and you don't Mm -hmm. need actors for that you can just animate the scene right yeah um and and i I think yeah sorry sorry i i struggled with the bay movies as well like Mm -hmm. i i honestly i would prefer the older ones to the bay movies or at least the first one the, the 1990 movie i prefer to the to the bay ones oh yeah uh what's what's great about what's great about this movie especially like against like the older ones is that this is really a street level story mm-hmm. you know this is very very tight very just low-key like you it's the some secret ninjas have a mob and the police aren't helping them so the turtles step in Yep. you know it's it's very and it's a personal story because like you know shredder kids and that uh splinter uh 
and I think that's what's really cool about this is that you don't have the grandiose, you know, Secret of the Use kind of kind of has that problem because they bring in Token Razar, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of the story has to get bigger because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has to get sillier because mm-hmm. of them. Um, and then Turtles Three is a time travel story, but like this is the only Turtles movie that really feels low key. You know, Shredder's not trying to take over the world. He's just doing his thing, kidnapping teenagers and convincing them to be foot soldiers. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it takes a lot of like, it's not an exact adaptation of the Mirage comics or the cartoon, but it kind of takes what works from both of those. So like yeah. April being a reporter and them liking pizza and you being able to tell the Ninja Turtles apart because of their bandanas, mm-hmm. the cartoon, and then like, the idea of family and losing your father and uh, your your home burning down and, mm-hmm. and having to rebuild from that from the comic books. Like this, got a great... it also does like its own thing with the whole Shredder doing uh, the underground training and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it hits a lot of good beats. Yeah, like there, there's just there's something really cool about this movie, especially because like if you were if you were our age, like you know four and five, you know we you know we our experiences were with the tv show so when we got to see the turtles on in theaters back then you know the big thing was like holy shit like sorry (laughs) i said that as a four-year-old um you know (laughs) the turtles are saying you know damn you Uh know like Raphael screams it um you know like this is our cartoon characters doing this when I was little, I remember very distinctly one of the first times I ever got in like real big trouble. I I lost something and I must have had two of them. And I, I looked at the one that I still had and I went, damn, like right in front of my parents. <laughs> and they were like, where did you learn that? I'm like, the Ninja Turtles said it. And so I couldn't watch this movie for like, <laughs> you ratted him, you ratted him out. I know. Yeah. I should have said Fern Gully. <laughs> yeah. Fern Gully. Um, but yeah, like ah, just so much stuff about this movie. Um, going back to what you said about loss, like this movie, it's it's got a really cool story about how to deal with loss, you know, and also just how the turtles, like, you know, th- they suffer their first defeat and then also lose uh, Splinter, and it's like you really the only one who really like. Raphael's kind of the main turtle of this movie. Everybody's got a chance to shine except Leo, but like Raphael's the main one, but the one who really kind of surprises me with how he uh, took the loss was Michelangelo. Um, Because earlier in the movie, like when, uh, like right at the beginning when Splinter's telling him like, you know, I'm not always going to be here. donatello tries to have that conversation with michelangelo like hey like you know what do you think about splinter saying that to us and it's the it's right before the pizza scene so everybody brushes it off but you know it's michelangelo he's like well he he ignores him he's like pizza guy's late three bucks off Mm -hmm. um in the campfire scene later michelangelo is the only one that cries when splinter tells him he loves them and you know he essentially tells them goodbye because Splinter thinks he's going to die without ever seeing them again. He's also like we see it in the movie, but they don't ever talk about it. He's the one that's like training in the in the barn all alone. Yeah, it was like a deleted scene. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I do. Uh, have... We we do see we do see him like do the boxing, but we don't see the extent of how much he's training. Okay. Yeah, he's also the one that's like on the roof that yells "Splinter." It's Raphael's voice. It's Raphael's voice, but it is Michelangelo. Clearly Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah. it was very clearly a callback to the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they wanted they wanted to get those animation max ups in live action. Oh yeah, for the so authentic I, turtle experience. I I do own. Uh, I don't just own the comic book adaptation of this movie. I mm. own four copies of it. I there's, own two copies of it. There, there's three different versions. Mm-hmm. I have a duplicate of one of those versions. Okay. But they do mention uh, like, you know, April's drawing them all and she mm-hmm. goes through like Leo's doing this, Don's doing this. She skips Mike. But in the comic adaptation, she, she does say that Mike is the one that worries her the most. He spends all his time in the barn training alone, mm-hmm. withdrawn and on the edge. Mm-hmm. I for whatever reason oh, I cut that. Part. I should have read it for this. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like just little stuff. Like they were working with clearly like just before the final draft of the script. Is, it feels like like there's mm. little things that are different like that. I mean, even the the original comic book has that same thing going on though. Like yeah. when like with Michelangelo, like that yeah. is like that whole Northampton thing. Except for like you have to switch a few characters places around. You know, it's Leo that's that's uh beat instead of Raphael yeah yeah but uh it it's very very similar Uh, a lot they they straight up pulled some scenes straight from the comic book uh in this movie and I really appreciate that a lot like how much they actually cared about where it came from because that was not common at that time yeah I mean I mean and that's and that's really cool that they that they did that specifically to show like to do something different from the cartoon show um Mm -hmm it's and what i what i like about it is that they changed just enough from the mirage book to make it like not not so much a parody Mm -hmm. like those first issues were um like they they made it just like it's it's the it's the extra edit that peter and kevin needed yeah i think yeah i i think too like they they took out the the idea of the canister hit and the kid in the eye mm-hmm. uh, be like a daredevil parody that's actually in the the comic too yeah like it's yeah and so is oroku nagi who they they took yeah. out of this all together which I yeah think they they mixed they so combined saki and nagi yeah yeah and i before we get too far off of deleted scenes we talked about april talking about michelangelo being deleted there's mm-hmm. there's a couple of deleted scenes in this movie mm-hmm. um one is like the scene where they roll out a carpet in front of shredder yep the rolling out the carpet is in the movie but then there's a part where he like gets down on his knees and just like beats the crap out of these dudes it's uh i forgot what it was called but it, it's a specific like martial arts thing where he um it's like a sitting type of fight um hmm. uh, it's called fedoza that's what i i looked it up uh, it's called fedoza or immovable seat posture um and they, yeah, he's just basically he's sitting down, and then like the foot come at him, uh, di- like different foot soldiers come at him, and he's just boom, 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 boom. Um, so the scene was deleted from the movie. You can find it on YouTube though. Yeah, um, there's also a scene where like after Leo learns that Splinter is still alive, he trains the other turtles to fight blind. You can kind of see it in the movie. There's there's parts where they're in the field, and, like Michelangelo's bandanas turned to the side. Yep. They're, they're training that way. I guess there was also a scene where they're supposed to like fight and try to take a bite of an apple. And that's why like after all this scene I don't remember the, the apple sewer, scene. 
I, I've heard of it. I couldn't find anything about it. Okay. Recently, but I guess that's why he's eaten the apple in the sewer after all the smoke clears. Because I remember, I remember I first found out about the the blindfold um, in the comic. Yeah. Because it was yeah, a whole nice. scene. He's like, "All right, brothers, I want you to," and he like turns it to the side so mm-hmm. he can't see. Yeah. There's also that that very final scene where April and Danny pitch the comic book mm. to the Mirage executives with the turtles outside yeah. and. They say it's too far fetched to be a good comic, which I'm glad they didn't do. Yeah, um, it was a little too campy. Like I, I get it. It's 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 a very cute, like in in joke, but mm-hmm. not for this one. Like that that would have that would have kind of, from my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it might have been a bit too uh, wink and naughty. You know. Just... Well, I mean, like, and granted, like we're saying, oh, that's too campy in a movie about Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, it's, it's already got plenty of camp. But I think I think it just I think I think this one like it takes itself seriously enough and it knows when to be tongue in cheek um, enough that I think that joke would kind of just go too far overboard. Because didn't I think does the Super Mario Brothers movie do the same joke? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember now. It does but sound I, like something that would be in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Though. Like I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I'm glad that I'm glad that wasn't in there. Um, what's that, what what really sucks is that like none of these deleted scenes, uh, any like behind the scenes stuff, none of these are on like the Blu-rays or the DVDs, right? Yeah. Which really sucks. My DVD has the trailer and like some character bios. Yeah, um, which which really like, and this is going back to all the way to like you know the first turtles dvds like even the 2009 like 20 uh 25th anniversary releases like the the lack of kind of preservation of all this stuff like really kind of sucks that like fans are the ones who have to do this i remember uh years ago there was a fan who was doing like he made his own behind the scenes documentary and, and they were trying to get it on this dvd and try to get mirage to approve it and all this stuff um i lost track of the project but i don't think it ever it ever happened yeah i I was a little let down by the my dvd special features like i said it was only the Mm -hmm. trailer it was kind of interesting because like all the voices in the trailer are different like shredder tatsu yeah they must have done that very late in the process it's it's like i said it's, it's kind of a bummer that there's just that this movie it kind of hasn't seen like a true like collector's edition yet Mm -hmm. You know, and this movie turned 30, you know, last year. Yeah, and it's had a huge resurgence in the last, like, three years. Like, now there's action figures. Yeah, and like, now with the mecha figures coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just, I don't want to say, like, it's a lack of respect, but it is, it is kind of disappointing mm-hmm. that this movie has just kind of been put out so cheaply. And I don't know if that's a testament to whether, like, we're just going to buy it regardless. Um but it's like the, even the Blu-ray version is not really cleaned up. It's just an upscaled version of the DVD, which I don't need to buy the Blu-ray then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and even as far like just about there's a lot of Ninja Turtles that is kind of like poorly preserved for mm-hmm. the fans, you know, because even like the comic books, like it's way hard to like if you want to read more in volume one than what's just in the Ultimate Collection or really any of the Mirage comics, like. Mm-hmm. You got to do some digging. <laughs> like you yeah. got to do your research to find like I, classic series and, and other things like that. I had a. I was watching part of my like 
V or DVD turtle van box set. Mm. It's clearly just a VHS. Like there are like the, oh, the yeah. scan lines at the top of some oh, of yeah. episodes. I'm like, what? Yeah, you guys didn't do anything with this. Like it's like I said, it it's either a testament to like we're just gonna buy everything because we're turtle fans. Yeah. Um it, well, like I said, I have four copies of the comic adaptation of this. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. So they are right. <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're right in that sense. Um, but it's you know, it's just it's disappointing because like I really want to see this stuff preserved. I really want to see high quality, like re- like restored versions. Um granted, now this movie wasn't made to be watched in 4K. Um mm. like as you're gonna see every texture on those suits um like especially like where the seam lines and the molds the rubber rips and all that stuff um but on the flip side like i kind of i just want that option yeah you know um i don't know i think the best viewing experience for this though is on a vhs and an old crt if you have that great like that's the true experience yeah yeah i watched it on hbo max so it might have been like i was gonna plug uh so if you guys want to watch this movie it is currently streaming on hbo max um Mm -hmm. sign up for a free trial today um but uh it is a lightened version it is a lot brighter yeah Uh, so they turned up the saturation and everything too I, yeah, I and I think we've talked about this before that like mm-hmm. as we go from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, it just gets lighter and lighter. And like I yeah. definitely noticed it uh, the one time, I, one or two times I watched it on the streaming services. Like you can see every mm-hmm. neckline and crack in that leather or the the latex, excuse me. And I watched it on my DVD player this last time, and it looks a lot better. Like I'm still noticing it more than I want to. Mm-hmm. but it, it's so much darker it kind of hides some of that stuff well there's um that was the thing is like they're the original like even the sewer set you couldn't see a whole lot right um because of one it was so grainy and so foggy um so on these newer versions uh you really can see uh how big it is and i actually found um a picture of like just kind of a wide shot of the sewer set um and it's it's really kind of cool how expansive they made it um because we only really see one or two angles um but yeah uh you you can kind of see it a little bit better and how bright everything is now though (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know like you've probably seen that picture that goes around on reddit like every other week of don tells mouth wide open you can see the other guy inside there yeah that's the classic uh, the one i never hear talked about is the first time we see the turtles leo don and mike don't have I, the bottoms of their legs on i knew what like you were gonna talk about. yep yeah and or i never seen anyone talk about that but it's, i it's never seen anyone talk about obvious. that one also in that same running is when donatello's on the skateboard and he does the little uh the arm the arm that the human hand that comes into camera real quick yeah because uh, you only had the bottom half of the suit on what about when the size is supposed to like break the light, but it just turns off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with like Shredder throwing that knife into the television set. Like uh, I have never, uh, if you even ding the front of those television sets, they stopped working altogether. I don't know how mm-hmm. he implanted the knife in there and it still worked afterwards. <laughs> I don't know, but it looked pretty cool. So I'll, I'll I always thought him. that was like a digital effect <laughs> when I was younger. Like, yeah, I, 
there's something about the graininess and like how it how it sticks out it looks fake to me yeah yeah i always wondered how they did the light too because like some some glass clearly breaks mm. i always assumed it was a light bulb but it stays on yeah yeah no it stays on and the side misses the bulb like it, can, it's yeah it's like it's the side yeah yeah oh i'll have to look a, a little closer then yeah, it's just some of that stuff that definitely it's like, man, just a little bit of CGI would have been gold right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like it needs to be an entire like CGI, whatever, like the Bay movies. But, you know, when you're going live action, I do think it is wise to use some some of those effects now. There just wasn't any of those effects back then. Yeah. That was the best. Take I mean, they weren't going to have it on a budget of 13 million back then. Oh, no way. So... And that's OK. Like I said, what they did in that movie with what they had is incredibly impressive. Absolutely. I mean, just the music in this movie is just so memorable. Um, like, Shred- Shredder's Suite, like, that's my Imperial March right there. Dun, dun, dun. Like, oh, yeah. it's so much, to me, it's so much more iconic than the Imperial yeah. March. I The one thing I struggle with, with the with the uh, music is it very much is very 80s like mm-hmm. with the synthesizers and things right. and it kind of dates it and it's for me it adds an extra level of campiness on top of everything else with <laughs> see it. okay but that but that's what i mean earlier like when i asked you know is this an 80s or a 90s movie to you um yeah. i think the turtles work so much better as a period piece i don't like I this don't. like set it in the 80s again I think it's, I mean, I don't know. To me, that's just appealing too much to nostalgia. And I don't like the turtles belonging to and in the 80s. Okay. You know, I mean, I mean I'm, not, I'm not saying they always have to be, but I'm, but I think, yeah. I think the turtles as a wider appeal to everybody, I think it works specifically as an 80s period piece. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you have, there are certain things you kind of have to suspend disbelief for. And like Crime Wave in the 80s. In, in New York is a lot more realistic than crime wave like this in the nineties or even in the, you know, 2020s that we're in. Yeah. But I mean, the thing about it is, is like the turtles, New York is essentially it's daredevil's hell kitchen. I mean, they, they were right. a parody of daredevil. And so like, it's not our New York. It's not our world's New York. It's, it's its own world. And I think it's kind of important to, to convey that rather than, uh, than this i mean daredevil worked fantastically as a live action netflix show it, i mean that show i love it like it's super good mm. and that's modern day you know and you've got i mean not a crime wave but you've got crime and stuff going on i mean that's the other thing is like the crime wave going on that needs to be stopped is very specific to the cartoon and the movie in the show like shredders like the foot is just a shady organization underground organization that has hired guns especially as assassins and that's kind of where the big difference is there and so if you take that angle you don't need to do the 80s thing with the crime wave and the all that stuff because they're just kind of a shady underground organization yeah when you bring it back to revenge story it just works a little better because they can't ping Splinter's cell phone to find out where he went. Mm-hmm. There's that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to real quick talk about cameos in this movie. Yeah. Because 
all four of the actors that are in turtle suits also have live action cameos yep. in this movie. So uh, the pizza delivery guy is uh, the guy that was Michelangelo. Is uh, Michelin Sisti. Yes. Uh, David Foreman is the, the, he's Leonardo. He's the gang member that delivers the message to yeah. April O'Neil. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Uh, in that scene, I always thought it was really, you, you don't pick up on it, but it is kind of like low key, like, kind of racist of her to just be like, oh, yeah. ninjas, am, I, am I late on my Sony payments? Yeah. Like, I think that's the only thing that, that horribly aged for me. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. I just had to, that was my aside. <laughs> uh, you're fine. Um, Josh Pace, I think is how it's pronounced. He's Raphael. Um, he's the passenger in the taxi when Raphael goes over the hood. He's the one yelling at him. At him, you know, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. And then Leif Tilden, he, he's Donatello, and he's. Uh, I'm sorry, I made it. Might have gotten this wrong. I think Leif Tilden is the messenger of the Foot Clan, the guy that. No, uh, no, Sissy, Sissy's the messenger. Okay, you're right. Uh, and then the the last guy is uh, uh, one of the gang members. I think he's the guy that's smoking by Tatsu when uh, Casey Jones is rescuing. Mm. So. Yeah, and, and then, then Kevin Eastman also cameos in this movie somewhere. He's like in the background as like a garbage man or something. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he's he's uh-huh. the garbage man. Yeah, it's uh you can just barely see it. It's when Michelangelo and Don Teller are fighting back to back, and Don Teller is saying like, "Nah, too derivative." Mm-hmm. He's like way in the background holding two trash bags. He would never, it, he's like, he's not even looking at the camera, I don't think. Like, you would, would never, never even know. notice him. Yeah. 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 But I love the fact that you mentioned it that there's this guy just doing his job taking out the trash while there's just a fight between ninjas and ninja turtles going on. That's, that's New York. That's New York. I think the idea, like, because I've heard him talk about this, like, the idea was like he would turn the corner, see it drop his bags and run okay. and that's why the garbage truck is there for casey to use later oh, okay oh, now i a, don't know kind of I a chekhov's know. gun thing yeah exactly i don't know if peter layard has a cameo i've never heard of him having a cameo in this yeah movie. i haven't heard of me neither um i was gonna say uh one of my favorites he's not really a cameo um he's one of the suit actors ernie reyes jr Yes. Uh, is the martial arts stunt double for Donatello. Uh, and so I have this secondhand because I'll tell you, um, but he got the part of Kino specifically because they all liked him so much in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, like the writers, everybody thought he was such a, like a nice guy. They wrote Kino for him in that movie in uh, Secret of the Use specifically so he could also get surf ninjas oh really <laughs> which is also one of my favorite movies so. <laughs> uh so I, I, that was just a fun surf ninjas all right you're gonna have, have never to seen... i've never even heard of surf ninjas. oh my god I, that's one of those i've seen like part of at a friend's house oh my god i love that movie so much i think we should do a special episode just <laughs> on surf ninjas, on surf ninjas. <laughs> um very loosely related yeah. It, it, well, I mean, it is part of this kind of era. It is a New Line Cinema movie. Uh, it is kind of in that family because it stars Ernie Reyes uh, Jr. So, yeah, I mean, so I'm guessing it's going to be a, a martial arts comedy type thing. Oh, right? it is heavily a martial yeah. arts comedy. And like, I, it's because it's funny bringing back to what I said earlier about how I believe it's a martial arts comedy is like, 
I the first time I saw this movie, I for sure didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I was told that Casey Jones's character, uh, Kevin Eastman, often asks himself, "What would uh, what's his face do? The main character of of Big Trouble in Little China do? Uh, Jack Bauer? That sounds right. I could only I could only picture the actor in my head. Right? Jack Burton, maybe. Jack anyway. Burton. I was like, Bauer oh, is twenty four. Oh yeah. <laughs> maybe it's Burton. Anyway, it's, it's Jack Burton. It's Jack Burton. All right. See, there, there I am with my trivia. That's uh, okay. But I finally, so I finally watched it because I heard that, and I was like, well, I got to check this movie out. And so I finally watched that, and then like Ninja Turtles started making sense. Yeah. Like the movie did. And then mm. I was bored one day and I found this app on our TV. You can get it at anywhere that called like Wu Tang, I think. And it's just got free martial arts movies. And I found this one with a super ridiculous name. So I threw it on and watched it just to see what it was. It was I can't even remember what it's called. It's like something Dragon Ninjas, anyway. And that was also a comedy. And like, I don't know, it started clicking. I just kind of started to see that Ninja Turtles just fit in that same wheelhouse. You know, it is a martial arts comedy, but it's with, you know, mutant turtles instead mm. of with uh, normal people. Yeah. I, I would say it's more of a martial arts dramedy. Yeah. There's a lot of drama in this movie, but yeah, you're right. There's, it, it's very much a comedy. As well. Like this is, this is the most dramatic of all the turtles movies. Like, yeah. Like maybe 2007 is kind of up there, TMNT, but mm, this is this is the most dramatic. Like the amount of just kind of great acting James Saito does through the Shredder mask, even though he's it's not his voice. Like, give that dude an Oscar just for that. <laughs> yeah. Him and Tatsu are, are great. And like the guy that plays Tatsu doesn't even speak English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. That's uh, uh, Toshihiro Obata. Yeah. He uh, developed his own sword martial art style. Yep. I, I was reading about. Wow. Yeah. And like they just got him in the movie to beat some kids. Jeez. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Twice because he came back for the sequel. So yeah. yeah. Just love beating yeah. up on those kids. And that never. I've never understood like people's like latch onto that character. Like I get that he was from like the treasured movie of the nineties. Like he doesn't do anything. He just ends up beating kids and that's about it. It's, it's, it's the presence. It's the presence. It's, it's the Boba Fett scenario. It's the Boba Fett scenario. Yeah, He's just kind of in it. He's a total badass. Oh my God. Tatsu is the Boba Fett. Yeah, these movies exactly. Yeah, literally, light bulb just went off. (laughs) But Bubba Fett at least looks kind of cool. He just kind of looks. Tatsu looks cool. He's a ninja master. He's got that sweet like robe dress thing. The OB coming off. Yeah, yeah. He looks so comfortable. He kicks so much ass. Oh man! (laughs) All right, and they put him in the video game after this. Yeah. Okay, that's that's where he showed up again to make him a a state. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Never, he never made it to the cartoon, but they put him in Turtles in Time. So, all right. Uh, uh, a couple other cameos: Sam Rockwell as the head thug. Uh, this was one of his earliest uh, roles. You know, Oscar-winning actor. Uh, Skeet Ulrich is also is also one of the uh, members of the Foot Clan. And Party of Five cast is. member Scott Wolf <laughs> is also in there. Who's uh, Skeet Ulrich? Uh, Skeet Ulrich is uh, 
Billy Loomis from the first Scream movie. Oh, okay. All right. And also, I don't know if you watch uh, Riverdale. He is Jughead's dad. I don't. I don't watch Riverdale. Yeah, I can't say I do either. Uh, Yeah. Skeet Ulrich, uh, I want to say, like, we we used to jokingly call him discount uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like he's like the great value dis- dis- <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, not Christian Bale. Damn it! I may, I messed up my own joke. <laughs> uh, Christian Slater. He's the discount Christian Slater. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Got in one. Perfect. Just edit out, edit that out. Edit that. Yeah, out. Yeah. Don't edit that. <laughs> I own my mistakes. Yeah. Um, but I knew who I was talking about, and that's the important thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> say, what are we? Are we still on second time around? <laughs> yes, we are. We're still yeah. in there. And we got two more things if you guys got time for it. Oh, I got I got all yeah. kinds of time. Yeah, we got. Um, the first is just that Danny is reading a Gizmo comic, which is another uh, comic published by Mirage. It's actually Michael Dooney's comic. Yeah, I totally missed that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, that I had too. to like I had to like freeze it to check it out. But yeah, it is it is a Gizmo comic he's reading. And then this is one of my favorite bits of Ninja Turtles trivia. So if you read the booklet for TMNT two the arcade game. For the NES, that story picks up after this movie. So huh. it, it talks about, and I, I have it here. Let me read and find it. I can read it to you. So um, this is from the NES booklet. So although the turtles toss Shredder into the metal jaws of a garbage truck, his titanium battle helmet protected his mechanical or his maniacal mind. From being oh God, I was about to say, well, that's a big retcon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> titanium? Yeah, his titanium battle helmet. Upon awakening on a sea-bound garbage ship, Shredder vowed vengeance. After floating back to land on a pile of non-degradable styrofoam cups, Shredder <laughs> began training a new breed of foot soldier, one that's better trained in the lethal art of Taekwondo and one that will make the ultimate sacrifice to defend his leader. So Taekwondo... <laughs> Yeah, so the NES port of the arcade game is also a sequel to this movie. Now you know. Something that, like, I meant to go back and see it, but I had, like, my laptop in my hands and I was watching it with the app on my Xbox because HBO Max is on our TV and so it was all a big hassle to do. But I could have sworn that when the roof crashes in to go to the bottom of the shop, that in, like, one of the corners, you see, like, one of the, the Foot Elite hats. And I was kind of wondering if there was supposed to be the foot elite waiting in the bottom of the shop when they crashed down in in the, the April's second time around fight. I think I know what you're talking about. Because I could have sworn I saw one like in the corner of the screen, the very corner, and then you don't see anyone with that hat. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like the left shot of the screen and it's like the hand comes up. Yeah. Um, for years... I thought that was like a mannequin mm-hmm. that just like moved when everything was crashing down. I never clicked that it was a foot soldier until I saw it in widescreen. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, it's a foot soldier. Oh. I don't think yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's it's the specifically the shot inside and it's like on the far left hand side of the screen. And it's only like, you can only see it in the widescreen. Um, and it's like this hand just comes up into the into frame. 
Yeah, and I could have swore like there's also a hat there that's like one of those mm. the foot elite hats. Yeah, but I could totally be wrong. I don't. I never saw the hat, but I know. I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, check that out. But speaking of that scene, freaking Casey Jones, just the Wayne Gretzky on steroids, the yeah. guitar, you know, sting. Oh God, I love that shot. <laughs> it's really good. I, I love too that like. He acts like this total badass. And he's like, "Ooh, who's the babe?" Yeah. <laughs> like, like he just totally like, distanced himself from this huge catastrophic event to try to hit on April O'Neil for a second. Just <laughs> yeah, so damn good. And and like, I never had any attachment to Casey from the comics or Casey from especially from the cartoon. But like, this is my Casey. Like when I think of Casey Jones, this is what I go to. One hundred percent. All right. Well, if we're all done, should we move into anchovies? Oh, we're never done. Yeah. No. But... I. I mean. I... Oh, did you stop here one more thing? No. No. I. Don't. No. But we we do have a show to do, so we should keep I, going. We could just rename this podcast the Ninja Turtles Movie Hour and just do this every and week. just yeah, just do <laughs> yeah. this every week. Um. But yeah, I guess we could do anchovies. Definitely. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call Legend Law. Kick us off, Spencer. You're the one that hates this movie. Uh, yeah, because I, I got nothing. I got I nothing. This is, I don't this is hate Spencer it. Thing. I don't hate it, but I do. I, I want to love it. Like in every single. I've, I've like watched this movie multiple times, really, really trying to love it. <laughs> like. I want to like it, especially because of how faithful, like how much it takes from the comic books and inserts it in the movie. Like it does a really good job with a lot of things. There's just certain things that just kind of turn me off when I'm watching it. One of them is Splinter's voice. Like his voice acting. I struggle with it a little bit whenever he talks. Uh, Do you hate Elmo also? I mean, (laughs) I'm kidding with you. I'm pretty I'll, indifferent towards Elmo. But. I'll do, okay, I'll 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 second that for you, um, specifically because I've never cared for fake, fake Asian Japanese master voice. Oh yeah, but it's very raspy, and you can't it's even hear raspy. what he's saying. And um, it's uh, it's it's not so much the not hearing what he's saying. It's just I've never cared for that kind of voice. Like you can always tell when it's not a Japanese person. Yes, doing that. Um, like Peter Renaday in the 87 cartoon is really guilty of that. And I've never liked Splinter mm-hmm. um, specifically because of that. Yeah. So th- that's kind of tough for me. Um, and-, and there's some people that do it better in my opinion. It's just not one of the best, best style. Like, you know, I mean, like it's Splinter almost always with a few exceptions has been voiced by, you know, someone doing it and a fake Asian accent, but mm. that one is not one of the better ones. Uh, if I'm going to be very blunt. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's not one of the best. I think, I think the performance overall is very good. Cause I think Kevin clash did the, did the puppeteering as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the splinter puppet is very good. It's very intricate. It's very charismatic. Um, like it reads perfectly. You can, you get every expression, everything. Um, Super wet. Too. it's like, always the, wet yes oh my god seen. it is always wet <laughs> like its eyes are always wet its ears are always wet yeah. its one ear is always wet yeah. uh, <laughs> see and for me splinter's like the most he's always sweaty of everything. 
He's always sweaty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of my old things. Um, I think when I was younger, I didn't understand a lot of the dialogue. Um, characters say things so fast, and sometimes there's really heavy accents. Um, so for a long time, I never understood a lot of the dialogue. It wasn't until like I was I watched it much later um, mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, like. I can't, I, of course, now I can't think of anything specific that I didn't understand at the time. Um, but I just know there was dialogue I didn't understand. Either because I didn't hear it or it just like my stupid kid brain didn't process the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I was a kid, I really liked Secret of the Ooze much better than this movie. And that's probably part of it. Like, I think because Secret I like of the Secret Ooze is just pure fun with little well, plot. Yeah, and- and- and there's like a lot going on in this movie, like like April's losing her job, Danny's yeah. getting arrested, like there's all this other stuff. There's on. a lot of adult themes in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think like as a kid, I really gravitated towards Secret of the Ooze because it is just more fun and cartoony. And then yeah, I, I hit it. Like, it reminds you like, more of the cartoon. Yeah, and that's kind of the other thing though for this movie though is that a lot of the a lot of the humor doesn't really do it for me. Uh, and in my opinion, sometimes with like for the jokes, they can kind of like it's almost kind of like damaging to the characters themselves and like just kind of makes you, I don't know, just kind of see them as dumb. Like uh, when Splinter is trying to get them to meditate, he's like, now we meditate. And then they just start like dance. They put on tequila and just start dancing. No, that's classic. How dare you? It's both classic and stupid though. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I mean, that's, that's part of the part where we were talking, where I was saying like, it doesn't like the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and it makes it makes certain fun aspects like that. I mean, like at the at the same point, like they're fifteen year olds. Like, yeah, but like it's one thing if you just have like Mikey do it. But like in my opinion, once again, like you know, Leo could at least kind of be like, "Hey guys, like bring it in," and we can at least even have more character for like Leo and actually like have more character development for these characters because the only character that really gets a personality in these movies is Raph. Like the rest of them, kind of are personalityless. They're all kind of almost the same. You're you're not wrong. Like, like I said, like Raph is definitely the main character of the turtles in this movie. Um, I think with Leo, like, I think it's, I think it's stronger to show him being a leader later, like after losing Splinter and having to force himself into this role. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we never see that with, with Leo. Um, So here are my anchovies. Uh, You're right. The character development kind of sucks for everybody else, but Raph, um, like, like I mentioned earlier, Mikey has that one moment um at the campfire scene but that's really kind of it for his character um donatello is kind of is kind of the jokey sarcastic character kind of like the sarcastic character that we expect raf to be mm-hmm. um and, he, and even then donatello was the one who builds the relationship with casey not raf yeah like but beyond their fight at the beginning of the movie we don't ever really see those two interact yeah, so it, it it I while I like the scene, like the I think it's funny that they're shipping Gilligan's Island characters. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think I think that's hilarious. Um and I really like the escalating insults, you know, elf lips, you know, uh elf lips. I forgot what F was. Uh gag, gag face. face. Yeah. Yeah, which those are ripped right from like that scene is like ripped right from the comic books. You just have Raph there instead of Donatello. Yeah. And so it's it's so it's 
I think they I think they realized that they're at a point where they were like, oh, we've done too much with Raph. We need to do something with the other turtles. And they also like Corey Feldman was huge at the time, so they had to use him at mm-hmm. some point. Like it almost I don't want to say like I I would have rather had Corey Feldman as Raph. Um but also at the same time, like he's kind of not Donatello. Like he's of the two, like of this uh, Donatello actors of this trilogy, he's not my favorite one. Like I really like Adam Carl from Secret of the Ooze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Donatello's in a weird space in this movie because there's like there's not something for him to do. Like, yeah, like, Secret of the Ooze is like his movie, but like in this, there's just not a lot going on. So he's kind of just like a buddy buddy with Michelangelo. Yeah. There are some cool like parts where we get to see that he is a little smarter than everybody else, though. Like he uses bigger words. Um, he's the one that knows what war and peace is. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, like he determines he, that Casey Jones is claustrophobic. Like there's, there's hints of it. But he also, just that was such a weird joke too. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't need. Uh, well. <laughs> you're a claustrophobic. I never, I never even looked at another man before. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I, I remember when that when that joke finally hit. Like when I understood it, and I was like the hell <laughs> and it's it's funny um it's funny in a weird it, it's funny in that kind of like 80s like oh no homo sense like i gotta say though i i do enjoy leonardo in this movie um he he is kind of flat but i like like you know the movie starts out they have their first victory mm-hmm. he's very excitable like he's he's much more emotional in this movie than he is really mm-hmm. anywhere else he's he's yeah. very excited to tell splinter about that and then he gets Bickering with Raphael, tells them they don't need him. Raphael gets knocked into a coma. They have this nice bonding moment. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he, he connects with Splinter. Uh, the only thing driving them to get back to New York is that Splinter's alive. And then when he finds out that he's dead, he loses it. Like, I, I think he has a really good story in this, if, he, if he's not developing as a character necessarily. I do think yeah. he has a good story. You're, no, you're, you're right. Like, it's, it's there. It's just not there. It's like, just very much Raphael's story and not Leonardo's yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very much like Raph like co-starring Leonardo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and another thing that's kind of like the the claustrophobic joke. I kind of struggle with the uh the massage scene where Casey like oh. <laughs> forces April into the massage. Like oh, I just it's... feel so uncomfortable whenever I see it. Like I just start cringing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Even you know, yeah. before, yeah. before he forces been, her down into the chair. Yeah, like because yeah. before they've always been fighting. Like there's no hint of romance anywhere before that moment. Like that is the first yeah. moment that's supposed to be romance, and he's like, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. So he's like aggressive. Yeah, creepy. it's yeah, it's, it's weird for me. It's it's really weird. It makes me cringe a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a good scene. Not a good scene. It, yeah. So there's that. Um, the I didn't like the way the second time around fight is executed in this movie, and I, I finally able to figure out why. Watching it, some of it is like the thing where you have I don't know you have so many comedic gags with like the foot ninjas like beating up turtles like Donatello like shoving him in the tank, or like banging his head on the piano, where it, it's like these villains are no longer menacing or they don't feel dangerous anymore because now they're like committing to the gag. I don't know, like it, it just doesn't. Okay they don't really feel menacing anymore and the other thing is the scoring that happens so like they're supposed to kind of be losing and it's like this like bombastic like joyful ragtime yeah like ragtimey as as they're okay kind of losing and then finally when casey comes in like the score does kind of change and, and feel like there's more stakes 
But before that, it's just super bombastic. And it's like, they're supposed to be kind of on the ropes right now and losing, but it feels like we're having a great time. You know, you're, 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 you're 100% right. Um, That music is specifically just in that scene, I think. I think that's the, I think that's the only one that's the real offender. Yes. Um, But I think it's, I think it's to kind of set up that, you know, I, 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 I don't think that's what they were trying to do, but I think it's also what they were trying to do where they're trying to set it up so that the turtles are very confident. And so that when they lose hard in the second part of the fight, I think that, I think that's specifically it's, it's to get you into that weird kind of, kind of confidence. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but like when they're really losing, like it's still going. And so I don't know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me yeah. personally. What, like I said, the one it, I really hate is Leo jumping and grabbing the bike handles and kicking. And yeah. Then, I hate uh, that. that one. I hate that one. Yeah. There's that one. And there's the wheel of fortune one. And that one. I knew you were going to say the wheel of fortune yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, it, Donnie, and, wheel of fortune, dude. You know, and they just take those moments to be like, guess he doesn't like Vanna. And they're both like sitting there talking to I each like other. And then that it's like, joke, though. <laughs> I thought everyone liked Vanna. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's the joke, but like, you know, they, yeah. they take a minute. No ninjas are attacking them just to like sit and talk to each other. And like that happens a lot during these fight scenes mm-hmm. is like they'll stop and like talk to each other. And the only thing that's missing is like a wink to the camera, you know, after they finish this joke that they stop in the middle of the fight to say. And I kind of it's one of the reasons I kind of like prefer the animated stuff as mm-hmm. well is because they'll do it while they're fighting. Yeah. And like it's able to keep the stakes there while still adding in humor. And to me, that's kind of what it loses here when they do that. I love being a turtle! Everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, man. Everything. Oh, so good. It, um, it, we talked about earlier how quotable this thing is. My cousin and I used to do Pork Ryan's, Pork Ryan's Kitchen. Kitchen. Oh, yeah. All the time. Man. All the damn time. We used to quote that. <laughs> um, we didn't even, know what Pork Ryan's were. Didn't we, we didn't know what Pork Ryan's were. Um, specifically because we grew up in a Mexican household and so they, they were chicharrones uh, for us. So we didn't know what pork rinds were. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we used to say it like without even the context that they're doing it in, this, in the movie. We just thought, that's funny. Mm-hmm. We're just going to say it. Uh, I didn't know what turtle wax was when I was younger. And so it, the joke kind of flew over my head. I just kind of was like, oh, turtle. He's pointing to the turtle on the thing. Right. I still don't know what it is. Explain it to me. <laughs> turtle turtle brand automotive liquid car wax, uh, uh, which also fun fact, uh, the accessory set that uh, NECA is putting out um, has the first officially licensed toy of turtle wax. Really? Uh-huh. Yes. So like the chips and stuff say are like fake chips, but the turtle wax bottle that comes for these figures is, is officially turtle wax interesting well all right uh another thing i really love is the fight with shredder is just so good from a technical aspect um and one thing i didn't notice until like much much later is shredder never actually really hits the turtles when he's fighting them um every move he does is deliberate like specifically like when he fights donatello um he 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 knocks the bow step out of the way you know first and then like he blocks a shot then he blocks a shot and then like it's like he, he's just he's blocking and watching the turtles like to learn how they move because we already know he knows the fighting technique yeah um 
because it's the same one like they they all would have learned um because because then right after that he says the line you know you fight well in the old style right and i just i love that they set it up by having him study the turtles in this fight i i especially love that donatello fight the donatello tries to sweep the leg mm-hmm. and he just like he just lifts his leg real quick it's very minimal oh yeah he's doing but he's just totally dominating these guys yep it's it, as i said like it's 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 deliberate every move he does and granted like that might be the helmet that might be you know the guy in the suit uh, this is probably ernie reyes in this donatello fight yeah um but yeah, it's just, it's such a good, good fight. Overall, just the whole thing, except for stupid Leonardo doing that swan dive. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, I love that fight so much. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I also uh, love, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, you guys must be studying the abridged book of ninja fighting. <laughs> the abridged like that book of ninja fighting. Raph fighting all those guys off and like, how do you think you guys are going to beat me? Like, that's a, that's a great Good scene. answer. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. That, that is probably one of the best fight scenes in the movie. That's probably my favorite yeah. fight scene to watch is that one. Mm-hmm. And that one's probably the most believable for me when I watch it. Uh, I love the Casey versus Raph fight. Just everything about that is just so much fun. The Jose Canseco bat line. Yeah. And then the, tell me you didn't pay money for this. Two for one sale, pal. Oh, yeah. So, him with it. So is who so who Jose Canseco important for that joke? I meant At the time, the yes time and no. Yeah, yes and no. Uh, Jose Canseco is a famous baseball player. Yes, I got, I figured that much. Um, I think this was around the time like he was really bad okay so was he good Um, before that like good enough to like have his own bat and things like that or i know he's a famous baseball player but i don't remember well and i think ah man it's been a while since i looked it up i think he i think he had just gone to play for like the reds red Sox, and he had been with the mets or something like I, I know there's he's got some connection to a to a New York baseball team. Well, that would make sense because like then he's like a traitor to like the New York yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. And as native New Yorkers, you know. Oh, I remember an anchovy now. They ordered Domino's. These That's guys because, are native New Yorkers, and they ordered Domino's. That's because Pizza Hut didn't want to didn't want to do the advertising for this initially. Right, but they're native New Yorkers would never eat brand pizza. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, we're done with the negativity now so i know i just i had to get that one in there (laughs) but i but what i like eh, eh, is that the vhs for the first ninja turtles movie came with an ad for pizza hut right so (laughs) it was Domino's in the movie but the vhs came with a i think it was a coupon for uh pizza hut pizza Uh, i'm completely Uh, wrong he uh he was with the oakland a's at the time Oh, he did play. I, for I, just, the, I know he was a famous baseball player, and I know, like, I think he sucked for a while. Okay. Um, or something. Uh, it was, it was 1989. He was arrested in California for carrying a semi uh, loaded semi automatic pistol in his car, uh, <laughs> recklessly driving on a 15 mile uh, chase with an officer. Sound like in 1989 was not a good year for Jose Canseco. Right. Um, that makes more sense then. But yeah. Uh, but the right before of, that, he was the home run leader in He was. So yeah. Uh, the battle in the streets scene, just everything about that. Um, 
you know, just the turtles having this fight in the middle of the street, you know, Don, Donatello and Michelangelo like trying to come up with the catchphrase. Um, I just, I love it. <laughs> I love that fight too much. I love the music mm-hmm. um, in that scene specifically because it is the turtles. They all kind of found themselves again. Um, yeah. Uh, now, and we have the vinyl. I don't. I wanted it so bad. I did not get it. Uh, do you? It is, on, it is on Spotify if you want to listen to it. Uh, you, don't think, you don't think I already have it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I would love that vinyl, though, to have on the wall. Uh, we went this long and not talked about how much of a gem Judith Hogue is in this movie. Oh, yeah. Just absolute childhood, childhood crush. Uh, Judith Hogue, I love you so much. Uh, I, I, she carried this movie on the human side. Like Casey was great when he showed up, but she carried this movie. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it definitely depends on a lot of that acting, being able to like you know interact with these turtles like they are real people, and she's very convincing. She does a good job with it. I think this well, is yeah, one of her first movies too. Yeah, I think she had done maybe one or two movies with like Robin Williams before this. I guess mm-hmm. Robin Williams helped coach her. Yeah, April O'Neil, but. I can't remember. I, I think he convinced her to do this movie. Maybe that's it. I think I think he convinced her. Yeah, she like I mean she like touches them like in a loving way, like on the arm and stuff, like a like a mother would, you know. She's, yeah, yeah. She's a she does a great job at this movie. I love when she wakes up for the first time and like she tries to rationalize, like yeah. <laughs> oh she thinks she's dead for a second, and then she tries to rationalize like uh, okay like. I must be dreaming. Uh, she's like, you, that rat, I saw you in the, in the, uh, she's like, I saw you in the alley the other day. Um, yeah. It's just so, I, I just love the, why don't I ever dream of Harrison Ford? Life? Yeah. And then Casey later is like, why don't I ever follow in with people that own condos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that. Like, I, I, I like Casey's like sitting out on the, on the fire escape in his apartment i just think that's neat yeah like shots like that or is like an 80s thing to me there are some amazing shots in this movie like that Mm -hmm. is something i love about this like uh when raf and leo are fighting and raf has like the the light flooding in from behind him in the window yep um there's that scene of him like overlooking new york that's just a beautiful shot uh it's time to go back yeah the time to go back shot that shot is amazing Mm -hmm. it's beautiful gorgeous i love it oh it's so good yeah no and like i mean listening to eastman and laird like or at least kevin eastman i guess i never heard laird talk about it but talk about like steve Barron directing this movie mm-hmm. like he really like really cared about kind of bringing a lot of their vision to life it's why he he, he literally took pages straight from the comic books and put them up on the wall and was like this could work for a movie scene this could work for a movie scene and so, like, how much that he actually cared, which apparently, you know, you later, I learned, you know, listening to Eastman talk that uh, that is not a typical experience in Hollywood when it comes to other people doing stuff with your creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much he actually cared to involve that source material in there is really, really fantastic. Well, we didn't talk about, too, like Steve Barron before this um, was a music video director. This was his yeah. first film. Yeah, yeah, he did Take On Me. He did Take On Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's also crazy about this movie is that, you know, for 
years, almost a decade, this was the highest growing, highest grossing indie movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, uh, Blair Witch Project knocked it off nine years later. But like this, this was a historic movie. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, one one other thing I, I love about this movie is uh, you can really tell the Ninja Turtles apart. Yeah, they're being like different species or like like in the Michael Bay ones where they're like all wearing different things. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, the faces are different, yes. But like, yeah. there's there's a shot. I think it's when April is freaking out where Leo and Mike are standing next to each other. And you can just like tell, like if you look through their shoulders and their neck, like you can tell which one is the older brother. Yeah, because he's just much more defined and muscular and. Michelangelo's a little lanky and shorter. And I, I just think the costume, that design is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they went really well on these heads. Uh because just they're so, so unique and distinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. That was that's definitely one of the things that I had in my list is just that I love how their faces are different and in their builds. And it's done in a way though that like it's like human genetics where we all look different. But like, you know, we don't look like we are a different species from one another. Right. And like, that's the yeah. same with the turtles. And it's it's fantastic how they did that in that movie. Uh, the only thing that I can think of, like comic book wise, new animation wise, that's kind of the same is uh, how Freddie Williams did it in, in the Batman Ninja Turtles books. Mm. Uh, he kind of switches up their builds and their faces a bit. And some of them are still a little bit more cartoony and exaggerated. But it's like the closest I've seen anything else come to that. And well, I mean, a lot of a lot of modern turtles has done that too. Like it's really yeah. big. IDW does a lot now. Um, yeah, especially they, especially they, once once Dan Duncan stopped doing the book, like mm-hmm. then they started individualizing the turtles. Especially when Santa Loco started doing it. Yeah. Um, 2012. You know, they're yeah. all different body shapes. Rise especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think like 2012 was like. Like pretty much everything is copied bat. Like Donatello's a tall, lanky one. Michelangelo's a short yeah. one. Raph is the wider one. You know, like they they all kind of copy that. They're not palette swaps anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the thing I will say though is like those ones that is a bit more exaggerated. You know, yeah. like cartoony yeah. to know, and oh, it is yeah. a cartoon, which is you know reasonable. But like the only thing I've seen, like I was just saying, the only thing I've seen that's like come as close to like they look the same, like they all belong as part of like the same thing, but different, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain other than it's like human genetics is, is oh, they that look like movie brothers. and like this, the closest I've seen is the Freddie Williams art yeah. for me personally. But the other ones it, also do do the varied thing. Like they, they, they it's happened a lot. Um, so I, the three of us are all married, not to each other, obviously. Yeah. To yeah. Women that we love. Um, my wife and I like took a weekend and we were going to watch movies from our childhood. So we watched the secret garden, which was one of hers. And we watched Ninja turtles, which is mine. Um, now my wife is not a Ninja turtles fan whatsoever, mm-hmm. but there's that scene, you know, Raphael gets beaten to a coma. They go to the farmhouse. They put him in the tub. The scene where we see him in the tub, she laughed at it because they're like, <laughs> they just threw him into the tub. Like, they just like flopped him in there so lazily. I almost divorced her right on the spot. I'm like, this <laughs> the emotional height of the freaking movie. You're going to laugh at it. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is my favorite Turtles movie. It's what, it's my favorite movie, period. And it also almost led to my divorce. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they do just flop him in there. 
Yeah, yes. I, I know. Yeah, after she said that, now I'm like, ah, oh, that's like, kind yeah, of I guess like what other option did they have? You know, that's all they're working with what they got. Yeah, the other thing I will say that is like really impressive in this movie is what they are able to pull off in the suits, like the action and move, like mm-hmm. the action scenes and stuff they're able to pull off wearing these turtle suits is really impressive. Like it's really cool what they're able to do. Uh, all the somersaults and everything else like the fact that they are able to be as mobile as they are into you know these heavy suits is really cool it, it impresses me whenever i watch it i'm like wow they're actually like moving around yeah it's cool um i was just trying also, to look I in the comic I... and i was like i don't think they show raf in the tub in the comic and they they do once but they I don't show like... raf they don't show raf waking up it's yeah. just it's just in the part when april's talking about all the turtles yeah, oh wait, no, they do show him waking up. Never mind. It's real abridged in that. It, yeah, it's really abridged. It's like the next page. Not even a full panel. I did uh, get to go to the farmhouse. Like my dad and I were just in really? Carolina on a vacation and I was kind of Googling stuff and we were just like an hour away from it. We had some time before the plane and we just kind of happened to find it and took some pictures. Um, it was a private residence, so I didn't like break in and get in there yeah. or anything, but it was it was a really cool really cool experience. That's awesome because that place well, is just, that place is so iconic looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Dad, if you're listening, thanks. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's funny because like it, it's supposed to be Northampton, mm-hmm. but it's clearly like those trees are not northeastern. <laughs> no. Those are those are very much southern southern united states trees yeah so for the end of this segment what is everyone's favorite quote from this movie and why i i think it's got to be that you guys must be studying the abridged book of ninja fighting just like what a diss <laughs> what, a, what a like it's it's so clever it's such a clever diss you know uh, you could have called them idiots you could have called them fools you could have called them want to be ninjas but what a what a unique way to insult a group of people <laughs> yeah that actually is really clever spencer i'll let you go first all right i, I was gonna go last just because my my favorite thing and it's it's been used multiple times it's the name of this segment it's i love being a turtle and like i'm so glad that this movie brought this into the franchise yeah. and the reason i love it is just because of like how much like that really means if you really think about how much the life of a ninja turtle sucks like you know you're living in the sewers and you're a freak of nature and you're an outcast of society and like no one really likes you but like you know well there's people that like them but you know they have to live these secret lives but like they actually love being them you know despite how weird they are essentially and so for me, that's actually a really a cool, a cool thing uh, that, that I've just really liked and kind of pulled away from from Ninja Turtles in general is that line. I have always liked Kawabunka. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it right there. Both, at the end of the podcast. Both, <laughs> both that whole quote and also that line. Uh, no, originally, originally it was going to be God, I love being a turtle for all the exact same reasons that you said, Spencer. Like, okay that that is everything you said it's perfect Mm -hmm. it's it it, there's so much excitement in michelangelo's voice when he says that 
Mm-hmm. And like, uh, sorry, the no, way it's been delivered in other movies, like in mm-hmm. the 2000 TMNT movie, the 2007 one, like at the end with Raph saying it, like after the after the end of the the story, like that's the one that like still gives me chills when I think about it. Like, is that delivery? It it's but, you know it's it's one of those like through lines that every version can say mm-hmm. and it's like the way they do it like that's that's almost as important as calabunga yeah I, um, i'd say it's more important personally but. <laughs> yeah no i mean you're you're not wrong um it is it is definitely it's it's a powerful thing it's it's like you know i am spider-man from into the spider-verse uh-huh. you know it's it's along that same line for for ninja turtle fans um going back to my semi-jokingly one i do like that splinter is the one that comes up with cowabunga mm-hmm. um i just lo- always love that line um because one of my favorite jokes throughout the movie is that they haven't come up with their catchphrase yet yeah you know at the you know raf you know throws out bitch in at one point um <laughs> like I, I i it's just one of my favorite jokes and then at the very end splinter is the one who actually comes up with it yeah uh god this movie is just so good go watch oh, it now on hbo max yeah do it or pop your vhs in or dvd or blu-ray if you bought those <laughs> do it all right so that's our show thank you guys so much for listening uh please like and share and review and subscribe and and do all those special things uh our social medias are all at ninja turtle ph or ninja turtle power hour on instagram facebook and twitter where we'll post things about news and stuff. I know I've been retweeting a lot of stuff that uh, that Tom Waltz has been leaking about the comics on there, just different pictures and things. I well about you know the last Ronin because I'm stoked for that second issue to come <laughs> out when it finally will. Uh, and that's that's our show this week. So until next time, cowabunga, bitchin'. God, I love being a turtle. 